It's all right. It is how it is, right? Yeah. You you managed to count down from three this time, and uh, now we can start the podcast that we've had our 30 seconds of nonsense. 30 seconds of nonsense uh, is obligatory here on the Hex Drinkers podcast. In fact, the 36th episode of the Hex Drinkers podcast, where I, Julian, am joined by my co-host, Eric. Hello. Oak. Howdy. And Chev. Yo. As we journey the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up both our game and yours. And as usual, we're coming back. We're talking about some EDH. We're doing some brewing. But first, we got a few bits of news that we want to talk about. Chev, what do we got going on the not EDH side? On the not EDH side, you know, we, we brought it up in a news bit before, and that's Jumpstart Historic Horizons, that new set that includes digital first mechanics like Perpetually and Seek. But originally slated for August 12th release on MTGA, it's been pushed back until the 24th. That doesn't really matter to me. What does matter to me and what should matter to you is as kind of a uh, apology, Wizards is giving out three premier draft environments free for the first time you run them for all players. And so that is an Amonkhet remastered draft running from August 10th through August 15th, Kaladesh remastered August 15th through 20th, and then Ikoria, Lair of the Behemoths, from the 20th to the 26th. And again, the first entry is free. So if you want to get some of those cards, like you're interested in the new historic brawl format that's coming to consistent queue, jump into some of these, get some good picks, or if you just want to draft for free as opposed to the, I think it's what, 1,200 gems to do a traditional draft? Uh, 15 for Premier. That's too much. Do these for free instead and have a good time. Plus, these are a bunch of like older formats that people might not have gotten to experience but i can say just looking at the list they're all a lot of fun so definitely check them out i love decoria's uh draft environment it was so much fun <laughs> yeah draft cycling that's all i can say <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh new sets and new cards though historic anthology has not even come out and wizards already said yeah we're done with that that is old hat uh because they have already given us a few previews from the upcoming shadows over innistrad midnight hunt set so we got seven cards and i think what wizards did here was they were just like yeah we don't really want to show you like anything super flashy uh, we just want to show you cards that are staples and are better than the staples that you've grown to know and love so shock pretty much a four of in every standard environment that it's been played in uh well how about play with fire also one in red also an instant also deals two damage to any target but if you deal damage to a player this way you get to scry one Ooh. just a strict upgrade love it um what i might argue is one of the best, if not the best, black removal spell of all time printed, Infernal Grasp. One in a black, instant, destroy target creature, you lose two life. None of these weird clauses were like, can't be an artifact creature, can't be a black creature, can't target it if it has counters on it, a la Heartless Act. Nope, just, just lose two life, easy money. This also goes in basically every black EDH deck of all time. Yeah, Tashiro is very excited. And the last one, Consider, which is a one blue, an instant. You may look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard, otherwise known as Surveil, and uh, draw a card. So, opt. Never heard of her. Card sucks. I think we're getting a full basic land cycle, too, of a really cool uh, black and white aesthetic. So that's something to look out for as well. I know that's going in a bunch of EDH decks now that we have many more different lands to kind of choose from. They look amazing so far. Yes, they are excellent. They have a very, like, old-school sort of horror look. Like, if, if you were to buy, like, a copy of, like, Penguin Classics Dracula or something, <laughs> like, this is the art that would be on the front. You know what I mean? We got also four other cards. We got a Renin 7, which I thought was a meme. If you all remember <laughs> Renin 6, this is Renin 7. Mono Green Planeswalker that does land things. Probably going to be pretty good in standard, and I'm going to continue to bitch about green. My personal favorite pick out of all these, Champion of the Perished, which is... Funny, if you know about the humans deck for modern, he is one black zombie, one one. Whenever another zombie enters, you get a one one counter on him. So, this hopefully will make zombies like a real deck in modern as well as potentially standard, depending on how much uh, support we get. And then we got uh, Triska Decophile, which does things with 13, if y'all remember Triska Decophobia, and Join the Dance, which is notable because it is the it's a token maker, but it is the first multicolored flashback card. So pretty cool that flashback is getting mm. reprinted in this set. That's a quite the good limited mechanic and, and pretty beloved by a lot of people. So some nice spoilers just to kind of whet the appetite, even though, I mean, this is only like really a month away. So it's not like we needed to see new cards, but yeah, I'm never going to say no to new cards. It'll be enough to hold us over until the massive magic event that's going to occur on stream August 24th 
which is when they're going to detail what next year's set of things looks like. That's the the big event. They promised bigger things. So this is this is around the time last year we got the whole knowing that Innistrad was going to be the fall set. We were going to Strixhaven. Call time was the uh, the spring set. So look forward to to big news and big updates from us on that. Big facts. Well, we are six and a half minutes into this podcast, and um, I can't. I just I just can't not talk about EDH now. I've, I've had my my little, you know, little bit with uh, 60 card formats, but let's talk about EDH. And since we're doing a group brew today, and we were brewing around a red commander that likes attacking Oak, would you kindly tell us about Wolfgar of Icewind Dale? Yeah, Wolfgar of Icewind Dale. <laughs> um, he is, uh, well, you know, I used to think uh, Jared Carthalian was the most Chad-looking magic character of all time, but this guy looks like he's just straight <laughs> out of a frat house. He's just like, hey, what's up, dudes? <laughs> and, he, and he's got a pretty crazy name, too, Wolfgar. Might have to name my son that or, or something. <laughs> um, but th- this man is a five mana, that's three generic, a red, and a green, legendary human barbarian. He's got... Melee! Sorry. (laughs) Whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn for each opponent you attack this combat. You probably forgot about this mechanic because there's pretty much no good creatures with it, except for, um, I think, Adriana, Captain of the Guard, who gives all your creatures melee. Uh, I do like this mechanic, though, uh, and it's a shame that it's not on a lot of better cards. Yeah, it's another great one from Conspiracy 2, I think. Yes. Yes. And then, uh, perhaps more importantly, he has, uh, if a creature you control attacking would cause a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Notably, Wolfgar himself doesn't need to be attacking for this ability to take effect, and it's not just creatures attacking, like when this creature attacks triggers, it's also triggers of any permanent you have that triggers due to a creature attacking. We'll get into a lot of examples of that later, but um, it's a lot more broad than you might think. A lot of enchantments care about it, for sure. So uh, what, what did you gentlemen end up doing for your, your own take on this? Are you asking what we brought to the kitchen? I'm not asking what you brought to the kitchen. I'm asking what you brought out of the kitchen. What'd you cook up? Oh, boy. Hey, man, this, this isn't Gilm we're talking about here. This is, uh, this is Wolfgar. There's no kitchen. We're just we're chopping it up. Wolfgar's got to eat. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like the kind of yeah. guy who knows how to take care of himself. What'd you bring back from the hunt? Boy, that big's got to eat. Well, I'll, I'll let you know what I got. You know, Wolfgar's a sample man. He likes attacking, and uh, I'm a simple man when I brew this deck. You know, what? what is what is the essence of the combat step, right? You're trying to reduce your opponent's <laughs> what is life total. combat? <laughs> what is combat on the most fundamental level? You're trying to reduce your opponent's life total from whatever their starting life total might be, whether that's 20 or 40 or 30, depending on what format you're playing, uh, down to zero. And the quickest way to do that is to attack with uh, many creatures or creatures that have uh, high power, or both, preferably. So my deck is all about creatures that pump when they attack, and then with Wolfgar's ability, uh, getting able to double those pumps. And then, of course, adding a little bit of a little bit of trample just to make sure that we're getting through. But I'm talking about cards like Bolt Hound. A 2-2 for 2 and a red that has haste, but he says whenever he attacks, other creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn. Uh, or a card like Bramble Creeper. Uh, 4 and a green for an 0-3 that whenever it attacks, he gets plus 5, plus 0 until end of turn. Or something like a classic from that uh, Guillaume episode, Blossoming Bog Beast. 4 and a green for a 3-3. When it attacks, you gain 2 life, and then creatures you control gain Trample. And plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the amount of life you gain this turn. Does that stack? So would that be like they get plus two plus two for the two life and then plus four plus four for the yeah. the second trigger? Total Ooh. of plus six plus six. Yeah. That's insane. I did not even realize that. I just assumed it was plus four plus four. But it's <laughs> plus six plus six and trample. You know what else is great about that card? 60 cents. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. A lot of the Commander 21 cards are super cheap and worth picking up. That's what I'm coming to the table with. All all these creatures, and we got a bunch of creatures. We're looking at 37 creatures in my deck list. Uh, Pretty much all of them, they're pumping up uh, either themselves for a bunch or the whole team for a a good amount. And then we're really getting in there. And then, you know, we've got things like uh, Garrick's Uprising, Street Riot. Y'all ever heard of Street Riot? It's an enchantment for four and a red. It says, as long as your turn, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and have trample. We're in here to attack. We're in here to deal a lot of damage. I, I got a few other spicy includes for now, but I'll let the boys uh, explain their game plan first before we start getting into the, the weeds. So, Julian, you mentioned 
you know, ways to get an opponent's life down with attacking. You mentioned attacking with a lot of creatures and attacking with big creatures. <laughs> but I got a third dimension for you. What about oh, no. <laughs> attacking multiple times in a turn? This is like when Einstein was like, yo, what if we just expanded this shit to the fourth dimension? Space time, <laughs> my dudes. That's right. This is, in fact, time. <laughs> yes, this is time. We are in the third dimension with my deck, which is very much um, leaning heavily into getting multiple combat steps, which I feel like is just great with Wolfgar, because it's like, okay, maybe you could, like, strionic someone's ability and get, like, a third trigger, but what if you attack again and get two more triggers? Two is better than one. That is yes. fundamental. Yes. I would agree. Thank you, Chiv, I, for that clarification <laughs> on my math, or double-checking me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we took calculus. As a green-red player, I'm not very good at math, so... <laughs> math is and, for blockers. Yes, indeed. <laughs> this is also true. So, what do we got in terms of combat? Well, how about my man from the recently printed Zendikar Rising set, uh, Morag, Fury of Alkum, who, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, you get to get an additional combat step. So now we're talking, like, six triggers, eight triggers if you got some ramp spells, which you're running green, so you probably do have some ramp spells. Uh, I do. I, I know that. Uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> One of my favorites, uh, Scourge of the Throne himself, to get an extra combat, is an attack trigger. Whenever he attacks for the first time each turn, if it's attacking the player with the most life or tied with the most life, untap all attacking creatures after this phase and there's an additional combat phase. And I actually looked into this for this creature and combat celebrant as well. Attack phases stack up, but you don't get to untap your creatures again. <laughs> Which kind of I sucks. mean, it makes sense. Oh, because the untaps happen then, and then the two combats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Pretty much. Uh, I, I just, I just got to throw this out there because th this was a, a card that I only found out about while I was doing research for this, but um. If I may suggest Copperhorn Scout, which is a one green for a one one elf, it just says whenever Copperhorn Scout attacks, untap all other attacking creatures. I have that as well. That is that's money. That seems like a great synergy. I, I would definitely throw that in. So as as long as you can protect the scout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it is just a one one. <laughs> but as long as you can protect the scout, you know you can infinitely tap. Plus, technically, it attacks and you get two on tap. So, like, if you have tap abilities or add mana or anything, it just gets crazy. Yep. Yeah, there aren't a lot of uh, vigilance or untap effects in red green. It's weird. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one I'd like to mention for now is uh, Port Razor from Commander Legends. This is a mythic that flew right over my head, and I can't believe it uh, because whenever he deals combat damage to a player, untap each creature control. After this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. And it can't attack a player, it's already attacked this turn. So, gets you, again, up to a maximum of, like, if you're playing in a four-player pod, uh, three extra combat steps. Uh, which is just awesome. So, kind of throwing in the fourth dimension to Julian and Oakley's three. Instead of caring about how many creatures, how big the creatures are, or how many times I attack, I'm more interested in what those creatures are doing, and if it's enough to make everyone upset. As a, a fan of the Eldrazi, at reading Wolfgar's ability, I instantly was brought back to Annihilator. You are a bad person. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Annihilator is whenever this creature attacks, defending players sacrifices that many permanents. The OG Eldrazi from Zendikar, Ulamog the Infinite Geyer, and then Kozilek Butcher of Truth both have Annihilator 4, which is already insane, but imagine swinging with them with Wolfgar out, and it's Annihilator 8. What a beautiful world that would be. You've got some Eldrazi Conscription in there, get some more Annihilator going yep. on. we got some Eldrazi Conscription, and then those, of course, Annihilator was a set mechanic, so those aren't the only sources of Annihilator. And it was so good, they brought it back in Battle for Zendikar with Exilator on a one card, which kind of does as you'd expect. So we're focused on Eldrazi. They haven't really made a comeback since, since the roast, so... Why not make them as heinous as humanly possible, was kind of my plan. Think about the worst attack triggers imaginable. Something that brings me joy at night is thinking about swinging at Julian with a Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, who of course when he attacks exiles 20 oh, cards no. of the opponent's library. Is there a Helm of Hosts in this deck to potentially exile 80 cards from Julian's library? Maybe. Who can say? I'm, I'm interested to see when I edit this if 
my microphone picked up the about 30 second sigh that I just put like directly into it. <laughs> I don't think it did. Jesus. Or at least not I Discord. don't think it did either. It'll but... be added in after. Yeah. The after effects. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, to talk about anything other than having 80 cards from your library exiled, remember, I quoted Julian pretty much the exact price of a card at the start of this, and that's because I've taken Chev's job, and I built a hyper-budget build of this deck. It was originally going to be a $25 build, because that's what Chev did the first time, and I wanted to match him, and then I was like, yeah, but but no. And so I made it $30, because I just wanted to put like two more cool cards in there. We'll see if anyone can at any point point out, hey, did you make it $30 just for these two cards? The answer won't surprise you. <laughs> but for right now, I'm also just want to talk about a couple interesting cards that like came from me looking into the budget of this. Clash of Titans. It is an instant speed, five mana red spell. Target creature fights another target creature. That does not have to be either creature that you control. You just slam together your opponent's creatures and two of your problems are gone in an ideal world. So that you can attack more is what you're saying. Exactly. And it's instant speed. It can be done, like, during combat. It can be done off-turn. I just really liked this as a removal spell. The cool aspect of two for wanting someone with this uh, five-mana card from Ikoria. Fruit of the First Tree from uh, the, the true homie set, Fate Reforged. Three and a green enchantment. When an enchanted creature dies, you gain X life and draw X cards where X is its toughness. Just take out life insurance on your best creature, and it will pay off because either someone will kill it or you'll win. Playing this on Wolfgar certainly is not a bad deal. Even if he's not in combat, it is draw four cards, gain four life. Uh, if he is in combat and has some melee triggers, which he doubles, then you might be doing even more, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, healing Technique, another card that's just super interesting. Three and a green sorcery with the keyword demonstrate. When you cast the spell, you may copy it. If you do, choose an opponent to also play a copy. Players may choose new targets for their copies. Turn target card from your graveyard to your hand. Gain life equal to the card's mana value. Exile healing technique. So, if you're trying to make some alliances, learn a little bit about the political game of EDH, this is a great card. Four mana to get two cards back from your graveyard, gain good amount of life, and also make a friend. And friendships are priceless. Mm, true. I don't know about you guys, but like Eric's kind of saying, whenever I do group brews like these, I always run into a bunch of, like, vines or, like... Synergist cards I didn't know about before. Do you guys have any of those in particular uh, that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I, I know. I definitely do. We're playing Gruel, right? We're trying to attack. But you know that the Blue Mage of me is like, we got to draw some cards. And plus, if we want to be playing as many possible creatures and pumping them up as much as possible, we're going to need to refill our hands. So here is how we do so within the combat step, right? Because we're not playing Harmonize. Screw that. Gallia of the Endless Dance. Hmm. Red and a green, 2-2, legendary creature, Seder. So if you're trying to make that Seder tribal deck, here you go. Haste, love that. Other Seders we control get plus one, plus one, and have haste, which we don't control anymore because bad. <laughs> but whenever you attack with three or more creatures, which is what we're trying to do, you may discard a card at random. If you do, draw two cards. Guess what? When Wolfguard doubles that, uh, we're discarding two cards at random, which is like, whatever, fine. But we're drawing four cards, my dudes. That's a lot of cards. Uh, another great one. This card I've actually never seen before. It's an enchantment for two and a green called Overwhelming Instinct. Whenever you attack with three or more creatures, straight up draw a card. Or draw two with Wolfgar out. That's some hot tech. That's pretty sick. I'm a big fan of this card. Also, the, the art is pretty badass. It's like a dude. It it almost looks like he's kind of taking a selfie. Like he's in the jungle. It looks like he's he's like kind of smart, like cheesing a little bit. And then behind him, there's like three giant worms. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's like on Insta. He's like, yo, check out these worms. Or if he just doesn't realize and he's about to get fucked. You know, Julian, that kind of reminds me of one of my fun finds. You remember Hans Ericsson? Ericsson? Hans. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Who is, like, blissfully unaware of what's going on behind him in his uh, recent art <laughs> while he sniffs a rose. Well, it turns out he's red-green, and he's got a pretty decent attack trigger. <laughs> um, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. it's kind of goofy and, you know, maybe not great, <laughs> but that's a, that also kind of can either draw you some cards, possibly killing Hans in the box process but hans is gonna <laughs> die every time yeah but i i'm also running hans i would be more than happy to for hans's three mana one a red and a green swing draw two sometimes you hit two creatures sometimes you draw a card and hit a creature 
Sometimes you hit no creatures, and Hans just reads draw two, and then next turn, try again. Yeah. And it's pretty sick. Especially if it's two lands. Just, like, get those two lands out of the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But also, you're going to play them eventually, right? It's like Dark Confidant. It's like, you don't really want to hit the big creature until your next draw step. Speaking of getting more cards, though, throwback to our, our episode last week when I talked about uh, Outpost Siege. Lelia, the Blade Reforged. This card apparently came out in Strixhaven, but I've literally never seen it before. I think it's from the Commander decks. I, I believe it's still it's from. The I definitely looked through all those deck. deck lists, and I, I just, I just never. But two, two in a red for a Spirit Warrior legendary creature. Two, two haste. Uh, whenever it attacks, exile the top card of your library. You can play it this turn. So boom, mm-hmm. there's that that red impulse draw. Which remember, it's just good. It's just accept it. Accept it as a fact. It's just good. But also, whenever you exile one or more cards from your library and or graveyards, because remember that was a thing for um. Lorehold put a 1-1 counter on her. So she is attacking at least as a 3-3. If Wolfgar, she's attacking as a 4-4. So more card advantage while we're entering the red zone. Jumping off into a slightly different category, since since my deck is about playing kind of the Eldrazi, I broke mine down into certain categories when I went to deck building. There was, you know, the Eldrazi themselves and the cards that care about the attack triggers. What happens when they swing? But really what I want to focus on is getting the big boys if i'm kind of reliant on these triggers as my way to win and deprive opponents of resources i need sustainable and consistent ways to kind of tutor them up and outside of black there aren't a lot of just limitless kind of tutors so a couple things that i wanted to kind of touch on time of need if you haven't heard of it yet it's a green and a one for a sorcery search your library for a legendary creature card reveal it put it into your hand and shuffle very solid was just reprinted in Time Spiral Remastered is now a dollar sixty-two. So get your coolest legendary creature in your deck, get it with a nice retro frame, because apparently that's the cheapest one right now. Dollar sixty-two. One of the other crazy ones uh, that I hadn't heard of before this is uh, Signal the Clans. I'm not sure if the rest of you guys are running this. It looks like Eric might be. Hell yeah. It's a red and a green instant. To search your library for three creature cards, reveal them, choose one at random, put it into your hand, put the other two into your library. This gets around the legendary need because we have a lot of annihilators without legendary, but just grab three and you'll get one of them for two mana into your hand. A couple other of these these tutor effects are more specific to Eldrazi. Uh, Things like From Beyond, which is kind of like an awakening zone, but you can tap two, sack it, search your library for an Eldrazi, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle. And we have a few others like Conduit of Ruin that also allows us to tutor for an Eldrazi. So we have a lot of different ways to kind of tutor up these creatures. But definitely, if you haven't checked them out, look up Time of Need and Signal the Clans if you're in a sort of green-red mindset. Absolutely. Unless you're trying to combo, Signal the Clans is the... It's a great tutor. Because you just grab your three nastiest dudes. 37 cents. Like, it's... Yeah. It's insane. That was an immediate pop into this deck. So what, what did you find more at the, the budget level, Eric? Because I think you're going to probably have the most departure from the normal cards. Yeah. So I'll just pop through a couple because I, I think there was some really interesting stuff that I ended up being able to fit into this deck. I'll start with two curses, uh, a card type that I just love. Curse of Bounty, which I believe Oakley has talked about in this way before. Enchant yourself with Curse of Bounty. Uh, and whenever enchanted player is attacked, untap all non-land permanents you control. Each opponent attacking that player untaps all non-land permanents he or she controls as well. This is how you get Vigilance in Gruel, because you <laughs> swing out, and then someone tries to come back to clap back at you, and then all your stuff untaps, and they're in for a bad time. Curse of Predation, this one actually goes on another player, it's two and a green. <laughs> Enchant player, whenever a creature attacks Enchanted player, put a 1-1 counter on it. This triggers twice for Wolfgar, so this is another like big wide board buff uh, that's just going to work out super well. Curse of Bounty's a little bit more expensive for this deck, it's $1.80. And Curse of Predation is $0.27. Curse of Predation does also affect your opponents who are attacking that player, so it'll really help get the focus off of you if somehow you've managed to draw aggro as the person playing a $30 deck. If so, good for you. (laughs) Relentless Assault. Oakley might have this one in there as well. That is a $0.60 additional combat phase card. I did not think that that was a thing. I thought they were all super expensive. One interesting thing that I found, I don't know if anyone else is running this. Oakley's the only one other one who I think might even, Lightning Runner. Uh, or sorry, it's three and two red, double strike haste. Uh, whenever Lightning Runner attacks, get two energy counters. Uh, then you may pay eight energy, untap all creatures you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. That means after the first turn, Lightning Runner gives you two combat steps 
every turn because lightning runner triggers twice <laughs> and there's two yeah. combat steps it gives you four each time that means you get eight every turn you have two combat steps every turn as long as you can keep the lightning runner alive dude you know i didn't actually include that in mine because i was like oh man you gotta wait four turns to attack but with wolfgar it's only two right and then i totally didn't realize the the two combat steps i'm just slotting that in yeah, no. What I'm trying to say. <laughs> Instantly going in. <laughs> Editing That's sick. in real time. Yes. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, this is wild. How expensive is Lightning Runner? Just because I know it was a mythic. Lightning Runner, yeah, it's a mythic. It's 48 cents. <laughs> I think I have one of those. Yep. For those playing along at home, this might be the moment that you were waiting for. Uh, there are two more cards that I was very surprised that I was able to fit into this deck. Uh, Savage Ventmaw and... Hellkite Charger? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like they're the ones that you were surprised you could fit in because the deck changed to fit them. Uh, Savage Ventmaw is only $0.25, cents, but Hellkite Charger is a full $2. Disgusting. Ventmaw is just good in the deck. Six mana, uh, four, and Gruel. Flying, whenever it attacks, make six mana, which is three red, three green. Until end of turn, don't lose this mana. With Wolfgar out, that is 12 mana. Sounds like enough for an Eldrazi. True enough, but all Hellkite Charger asks of you is seven mana. Usually, Savage Ventmaw can't actually keep up with Hellkite Charger and how much mana it wants you to have. However, in this case, it can. So, those two together uh, with Wolfgar out on the field, uh, infinite combats with some pretty beefy flying attackers, and uh, if you are swinging with Wolfgar, uh, he starts to get huge fast. Because if you attack uh, everyone else at the table with each one of those creatures, he gets plus six, plus six the first turn, and it just keeps going. So what I'm hearing is Eric found a way to put an infinite combo into a $30 Oh, deck. man. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> He's gifted. Wait, I didn't. I totally didn't realize Wolfgar's melee triggers twice. So for each oh, person yeah. you're attacking, it's plus two, plus two. And then, if you take multiple combat steps, it stays, because it's still the same turn. It's dirty. <laughs> That's nuts. That, that sounds like a stack overflow yep. error waiting to happen yeah. on any <laughs> online client. Also, because Oak mentioned it earlier, uh, Moraug, I don't, I don't know if you said this part, but attacking creatures get plus one plus O oh for each time they've attacked. Mm-hmm. That will stack as well. So they get plus one plus O oh, and then plus two plus O. Oh, so it's a total of plus three, then plus three. So it's a total of plus six. So those things add up a lot too. Damn. I know we said math is for blockers, but if you're doing the calculations on can I kill everyone this turn or do, will I need another cycle, uh, those are things to keep in mind. Yeah, for no reason at all, by the way, will I be able to play Wolfgar in Historic Brawl and can I do nasty, nasty things to people with him? <laughs> so I don't think so, unfortunately, because Wolfgar is from the AFC, the commander decks. I'm not sure if they they haven't historically made it to Historic. <laughs> Trash. Or, or uh, MTGA, yeah. So it, it is one of those outlier legendaries. Uh, one final card I want to throw out there, and then I'll shut up again. Uh, Champion of Lambholt is gross. This is going to get a lot of blockers out of your way very quickly, especially chump blockers. People are going to need to block with stuff they care about, and they're going to start needing to do it pretty quickly. So, Eric, I know you're talking about Savage Ventmaw in here. Have you heard of Savage Ventmaw's new cousin, Cloth? <laughs> No. What? The unrivaled <laughs> ancient. <laughs> what? Cloth. Cloth. Oh, that's one of the new ones. Dude. Yeah. That's, I think that's in the same deck as Wolfgar. It is. What, what kind of cloth? Is he Is he cotton? Is he wool? Is he satin? Silk? This is a cloth made out of scales. <laughs> oh, wait. Is he a dragon? Yes. He's, He's a, dragon. a dragon. He's a dragon with flying in haste, and whenever he attacks, you get to add X mana in any combination of colors where X is the total power of attacking creatures. But... You can only spend this mana to cast spells, which is Ooh. probably why, uh, yeah, <laughs> Eric just happened to glance over it. Um, uh, what is its full name, though? Sorry, you, you said it was Cloth. Oh, what it? Yep, Cloth Unrivaled Ancient, and it's spelled K-L-A-U-T-H. Yeah, but he's not busted with, like, all the infinite combat shit. Yeah, but I know Chev is trying to play some big Eldrazi. Mm, that's true. <laughs> Chev is trying to play some big Eldrazi. There's another theme in this deck that's kind of like, Okay, bigger is better, and playing cards that really care about creature power and toughness, because green has a lot of those. Um, I know Oakley has mentioned before one of his favorite cards kind of in the idea of Eldrazi is Emrakul's Influence, which is two green and two for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an Eldrazi with converted mana cost seven or greater, draw two cards. We're hopefully going to be doing that a lot. Uh, a, a more recent 
addition to this kind of like enchantments that draw you cards for big things, Garrick's Uprising uh, gives creatures you control trample, and whenever you play a power four greater, draw a card. I'm wondering if you guys have this in yours because it's not really Eldrazi specific, but I saw it worked really well here. Is Mage Slayer uh, the artifact for one red and green? Whenever equipped creature attacks, it deals damage equal to its power to defending player. So uh, that can do a lot of good things. But probably my my favorite in this sort of category, because it also keys off of Wolfgar, is Goreclaw, Terror of Calcisma. At 4-3 four, for 4, um, creatures that ca- have power 4 or greater cost 2 generic less to cast. Already awesome. But whenever it attacks, each creature you control with power 4 or greater gets plus 1 plus 1 and gains trample until end of turn. So, of course, this means all your creatures will have double trample, which means that wherever Julian is, he just, his back breaks when you attack with them. So, it's it's worth noting, you know. Um, Chev, you mentioned Mage Slayer in there, and that's one of those cards that falls into the category of it's not an actual creature's ability. It just triggers mm-hmm. whenever the creature attacks. Um, I actually found that there was a good number of equipment that kind of had those, or effects along those lines. And just one I specifically wanted to highlight is... Certainly not a cheap card, but Blade of Cells gives your equipped creature Myriad, which is whenever it attacks for each opponent other than d- the defending player, put a token that's a copy of that creature on the battlefield. Now I'm just reading the text. Tapped it, attacking that player, etc., etc. Um, so that means that whoever you attack only has one thing coming at them, but with Wolfgar out, everyone else is going to have two copies of that creature coming at them. Chev, I appreciate you bringing up Mage Slayer because I feel like that is one of the few cards that you have to play in Wolfgar no matter what sort of thing you're doing. And uh, I I was going to start yelling at you because you were just talking about Eldrazi and not getting to the heart of Wolfgar, which is dealing a lot of damage to people's faces. But, um, you know, Mage Slayer is great, but it only goes on one creature at a time, right? And I want to talk right now about how we can have all our creatures have Mage Slayer. I mentioned earlier that all my creatures pump, so obviously... We need to give them Trample so that they can get through. But Trample still, you might only get over for a few points of damage. I want all that damage to go through. So what if what if I, you know, I play something like an Aggressive Mammoth or an Archetype of Aggression, which gives all my creatures Trample, and then I play something like Proud Wildbonder. <laughs> Two Hybrid Gruel, Hybrid Gruel for a 4-3. He also has Trample, but he says creatures you control with Trample have, you may have this creature assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. Boom. Oh. Everybody's got Mage Slayer now. Or if you want to get even a little bit more convoluted, <laughs> Everybody's got Trample with, uh, or maybe something like a Fangren Pathcutter, which says whenever it attacks, attacking creatures gain Trample until end of turn. Uh, but then you got something like a, a Bow and Nylea, a one green green for a legendary enchantment artifact that says attacking creatures you control have Death Touch. Boom. One damage, the rest of it's straight to your face. Nice. That's a lot of damage. And then uh, just, just a few more things. So we're not always going to be able to just, you know, Mage Slayer all of our creatures, but a, a good way to make sure that our creatures get through is uh, something like Argenta Armor. It's cost six mana, and it equips for six, so it's a lot. But uh, our equipped creature gets plus six, plus six, and whenever it attacks, it gets to destroy target permanent. With Wolfgar out, that's blowing up two things. Permanents, too. Not non-land. Screw your Cabal Coffers, or maybe just screw your two blockers that you were saving. You don't get to block with them. That's a sweet synergy. Sounds like you're just trying to come up with Annihilator, but with extra steps. <laughs> no, no, no. See, because I don't, I don't care how many permanents you have as long as you're dead. That, it doesn't matter to me if you don't have any lands or if you have 20 lands, as long as your life total is zero. Man, it's got a point. It doesn't matter to Chev that your library's been exiled as long as he got to punch you in the <laughs> face with Ulamog. Does that make you feel better? No! Chev, he, he uses the Eldrazi, right? He They're almost like sweatshop workers where he just kind of like, you know, uses them, doesn't care about their working conditions. I love my attackers, which is why I play something like Dolmen Gate, a two-mana artifact from Lorwyn, that says prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures I control. They're not even in harm's way. They're out there just doing the Lord's work, but safe working conditions. There's no risk of injury on the job here. <laughs> Chev, he's disgusting. He's everything that, you know, the, the socialists think the filthy capitalists are. Are you telling me you're not playing things like Tilanali's Summoner, uh, two mana, one, one with Ascend? Uh, whenever it attacks, you may pay X and red. If you do, create X, one, one, red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. At the beginning of your next end step, exile them unless you have the city's blessing. You're not just... Sending droves of people in to die? That's not your plan? I am not doing that. Although, um, I will say, I, I do think that you can make a pretty uh, powerful uh, tokens deck with Wolfgar. I think there's definitely a lot of support to do that. Um, but that might be a, a topic for uh, an entirely different deck list. Mm. Julian, one card uh, I can't help but notice that you didn't mention that I feel like would fit in perfectly with your deck 
is Pathbreaker Ibex. Where's he at? I purposely didn't include him, uh, Craterhoof, Enray's Four Runos, those guys, just because a combination of I want it to be sort of budget, so my deck comes right in at 150, which is not 30, but it's reasonable enough. Um, and also I found that there were so many different ways that you could take Wolfcar that I just really wanted to commit to one thing because I feel like if you're doing like the token thing, then you put in your crater hoofs and your decimator of provinces. Um, so I kind of wanted to just really distinctify. That's not a word, but you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, from the, I definitely see the budget angle, but from uh, what you're trying to do, which is give people trample and make them huge, the Ibex seems uh, like you fit right in. <laughs> yeah, the Ibex is good. It's just me. It's me. It's my mental compartmentalization of. Uh, anyway, it's yes. You, you should play Pathbreaker. You should play Ibex in this deck if you are putting together like the most optimized, just good stuff gruel list. I would argue. Ibex was the second or third card I added. Uh, and then I was like, this is too easy. This is what everyone knows how to do. I've got to do something. Yeah, exactly. As mentioned earlier, Blossoming Bog Beast, I think, is a great budget replacement for yeah. the yeah. Ibex. I, I got a question for y'all, uh, and, and your answers might be more simple than mine. How are you guys getting the, the blockers out of the way? How, Julian went into that a little bit, but w what's your game plan for either like mass removal or just like that kind of interaction? Because we're attacking a lot. I got a, another pretty sweet one from uh, that's will uh, once again be released in the same precon as Wolfgar and Cloth. This is actually uh, Cloth's Will. Red, red, green, X, instant. Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast a spell, you may choose both. So it's kind of like Akroma's Will, Kamal's Will, Jester's Will, yeah. etc. <laughs> from uh, Commander's Legend. First option is Breathe Flame. Cloth's will, Cloth's will deals X damage to each creature without flying. So that might be a lot of your creatures, and it might be not a lot of Eric's if he's running dragons. But I'm not running a lot. I'm not running a lot. I've just <laughs> mentioned a lot because I love them. This is true. Um, but it, it is still a form of board wipe. Um, and then the other option, which I think is probably actually the better of the two, destroy up to X targets and or enchantments. So it's kind of like Heliod's intervention. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. I know I said I'm not running exclusively dragons, but I do want to throw out an additional dragon who fits in this category. Uh, it's Siege Dragon from M15, uh, 5 and 2 red, flying. When it enters the battlefield, first off, most important effect in all of magic, gotta run this in every deck, destroy all walls your opponents control. Screw your Arcades deck. <laughs> exactly. But whenever Siege Dragon attacks, if defending air controls no walls, it deals two damage to each creature without flying that player controls. So that's enough to get rid of a lot of value creatures, a lot of hate bears. It's enough to get rid of any mana dork pretty much. And if you double it, that's going to get rid of most creatures. For sure. I thought this was like a legitimate threat. It's seven mana, which isn't great, but I think it was definitely worth running at least in a budget list. If you're not running a Wolfgar deck, I don't know that this is worth it anymore. But it definitely works well with this commander. I'd like to bring up another dragon, just because we're talking about him. And I'm honestly, I'm surprised that it has not been mentioned so far. But Dracuseth, Maw of Flames, a.k.a. Mm. Seize Dragon's better, bigger brother, uh, whenever it attacks, deal four to something, three to something, and yeah. three to something. A.k.a. deal four to something, four to something else, three to something, three to something else, three to something else, and then three to... I don't know. It does a lot of freaking damage, okay? <laughs> uh, Glorybringer also fits in this category. True. Yep. Oh, something I do want to mention with Glorybringer and um, a few other cards that I, I didn't include in my deck, but I, I did notice, is a lot of those exert creatures, you can choose to basically double exert them. Even though they won't untap, unless you know, you're playing something like Copperhorn Scout, you can choose to double exert them because it is an attack trigger. So Glorybringer will deal four damage plus another four damage. Uh, Combat Celebrant will immediately give you two two uh, extra combat steps off the bat, yeah. etc. And, and the good thing about that is, for Exert, it just says your next untap step. So it's not like Glorybringer has to stay tapped for two turns. It still just stays tapped for one, even though you double Exert it, which is great. Exert is such a wild mechanic, like caring about the, the tapping of creatures, and then you can get around it in so many cool ways. Yeah. I didn't really worry too much about uh, blowing up things, because I just assumed mine will be bigger and better. For the most part, like the Eldrazi are either huge or trying to capitalize on those annihilates as much as possible. They'll be destroying the board as they attack. There a couple other things, kind of a, a segue, but something that I thought was really cool is 
the Eldrazi werewolves from the last time we were on Innistrad in Eldritch Moon. There's a couple with solid attack triggers. One is Smoldering Werewolf, who is a 3-2 for 4, uh, that when it ETBs, it deals 1 damage to each of up to 2 target creatures. Meh. But when you transform it, it's whenever it attacks, deal 2 damage to target creature or player. So, you know, it's, it's really only dealing with dorks, but when you're swinging with a 6-4 already, you can kind of get rid of anything else that it won't trade with. But yeah, for the most part, we're, we're just going for bigger and better in every category. I figured your answer was going to be Annihilator. Next question. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that <laughs> yeah, you had that. I have, to, I have to shout out my, my few um, Eldrazi werewolves as my way to be like, hey, I got some budget creatures too. Hey, nice. Here's a sweet budget creature that totally went over my head in Modern Horizons 2 spoilers. Uh, Goblin Anarchomancer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a great callback to Goblin Electromancer, who makes instants and sorceries cost one less. Uh, this guy makes all red and green spells cost one less, so maybe not as useful in Chev's deck since he's got. A, yeah, a I, I looked at that and creatures. was like, "Oh man, everything is." Che- oh wait, yeah. devoid. Yeah, e- even if they have a green pip, they're not green cards. Yeah, Dicks. but in Eric's deck though, Eric's yeah. deck, uh, mm. that's a, like a twelve cent card, I think. Oh dang, I gotta I gotta get that in there. I do just want to shout out a couple more budget cards that I uh, I found and enjoyed. Uh, one of them being uh, Champion of Ronus. Uh, that is an 18 cent card. You may exert Champion of Ronus as it attacks. When you do, put a creature from your hand into the battlefield. That is just put two creatures from your hand into the battlefield for free. And even without Wolfgar, this ability is still insane. Another card that I was just genuinely surprised to find out is as cheap as it is, Itali Primal Storm, 46 cents. Yeah, Yeah, because they've been reprinting the shit out of it. (laughs) Good for them, because now uh, you just get to draw eight whenever Itali attacks, which is madness. Uh, Not even draw. Cast for free. Cast for free. My bad. Sorry. That draw eight on attack would have been too underwhelming. Hey, 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 you don't get to cast lands, all right? It's not overpowered. All right. Yeah, my (laughs) bad. My bad. (laughs) It's not the best attack trigger in, in EDH. Come on, guys. Good clarification. <laughs> and one more thing from AFR, uh, Delina Wild Mage, only a dollar. Whenever Delina Wild Mage attacks, choose target creature you control, roll a d20. 1 to 14, create a tapped and attacking token that's a copy, whatever. Uh, 15 to 20, create one of those tokens, roll again. You just have a 75% chance to at least, or sorry, a 25% chance to make at least two tokens. There's definitely a world where you get pretty lucky and uh, you pop off with this. I want to jump in real quick before we go on because I I made a mistake. I am running a board wipe in this deck. It also just happens to be themed. So I I don't know how many of you remember. I think it's Kozilex Return. I thought you were going to say Ugin and I was going to throw my computer in the dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Kozilex Return. Deal two damage to each creature. Um, but when you cast an Eldrazi spell with converted mana cost 7 or greater, exile it from your graveyard, deal 5 damage to each creature. So it's, it's a little bit of a small, you know, shin-kicking board wipe, but it's a real cool card, and apparently it's worth 10 bucks. I thought you I were going to... no s- idea. I thought you were going to say all is dust, and I was going to throw my computer in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Chubb's Chub, like, it's, it's Ugin, get it, guys? Because it's colorless, and it exiles things. It's on, it's on theme. Guys, where'd you, where'd you go, guys? <laughs> Listen, mister, I put Ugin in every goddamn deck I make. You don't get to talk. <laughs> I own two of them, and I'm like, I'm not just I'm not just going to not play these. <laughs> Try building a deck that isn't control, and then maybe don't play. I think he's pretty good in any deck, but that's that's a conversation for a different day. All right, Julian, you wanted to actually contribute to this conversation? I, I did want to actually. I think, I think these two cards are probably you should objectively include them in pretty much whatever version once again of this like we've established you can do a bunch of different versions of Wolfgar, which i think is sweet but something like sword of the animist which is a two mana equipment equips for two gets plus one plus one and then whenever it attacks you get to rampant growth aka you get to explosive edge every time you attack if you have Wolfgar out that just seems way too good and then something like grand warlord rada which whenever you attack you get any combination of red and green for each attacking creature or Druid's Repository, which is an enchantment, which is whenever you attack, you put a charge counter on it, and then you can remove a charge counter to add one man of any color. You should just play these, right? Because if you, if you like, two things, main, first main phase, attack with everything, and then get to play another two things, that's basically like a budget sort of Feast and Famine, right? 
We didn't even mention freaking Barum, bro. You know, untap all your lands when you attack. Untap them twice? Like what? <laughs> yeah, double double untap. I mean, you, technically you would have to use that mana because it, it would empty. But these sort of mana things, you got to include some of them at least. I was going to say, as we covered in the Orcus podcast, uh, there's a lot of ways you can spend a lot of red mana at instant speed and be very productive. <laughs> That's true. That's how you get the blockers out, right? You get all that mana from these various cards and then you just play like Comet Storm and just kill all their blockers. And then you're like, boom, it doesn't matter that I don't have trample or flying or whatever. I'm just, you just don't have anything to block with. I just want to call out as a final thought, one uh, interesting synergy, uh, cards with formidable or similar type effects, as Chev sort of covered earlier with um, uh, Garrick's Uprising. Uh, are pretty good, because, of course, Wolfgar himself has four power, but you're also probably going to be running just a lot of other creatures. Great deck to shove Bullpen in! <laughs> <laughs> also, um, if you don't want to play that, because you're not a goof, play uh, Shamanic Revelation, which is a draw spell, formidable, that gains you some life. And, of course, along the lines of Bullpend for this deck, you know I had to shove in Balgid Recovery and Song of the Dryads, because gotta get those in every deck. <laughs> Let them know. That's right. <laughs> get them a body bag. No. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that was a good one. Is that it? Have we? Have we? Has has everyone hit everything that they wanted to hit? Yeah. This will be the first time where all of us have made full decks, and they'll all be linked in the description. So if you want to see what else we put in there that we didn't get time to talk about, because obviously we did not mention 400 cards during this podcast, you can look there and uh, check out our own full decks. And also you can creep on our Moxfield pages if you want. Yeah, so I was running mountain, 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 <laughs> mountain, mountain, <laughs> forest, forest, mountain, mountain. You know, if you want to see even more than 400 cards, at least I personally know that there's there's a bunch of cards that I wrote down on my note sheet that I had cut, that I had considered. I was like, I considered these, but I didn't put them in. Or here's a couple other th things that you could do if you wanted to do something different. Um, if you want to see 400 plus cards, you should actually subscribe to our Patreon mm. because that's going to get you the notes, the detailed breakdown, everything that was going through our head dur during the entire brewing process. Go to uh, patreon.com slash hexdrinkers, subscribe there, uh, get access to all that stuff. Plus also access to this full uncut podcast because, uh, you know, we talk a lot. You're probably not getting all that on the cutting room floor once you uh, listen to us on, you know, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Full podcast a week early, too. Ooh. We release these the night that we record them, uh, for the most part, for the uncut versions. That's true. Be the first person in your playgroup to bring a brand new shiny Wolfguard deck. And make sure it's Eldrazi. Maybe don't. Or, or if you're, like, just getting into magic and you've somehow stumbled upon our podcast as your first introduction... Uh, try a $30 brew. Oh, real talk. Maybe you don't like your playgroup all that much, <laughs> and you want to just get kicked out, then you could run Eldrazi. Play Eldrazi. <laughs> <laughs> You're moving across the country, uh, you, you gotta cut ties fast. <laughs> Boom. See you, idiots. I exiled your library, now I'm exiling myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that there's one thing we've established today, it's that there's a bunch of different ways that you can go for Wolfgar, which I was I was actually surprised when I started looking into it and I just like had idea after idea and I was like, oh my God, there's so many, you know, legitimate build paths to what just seems like a, you know, another sort of simple attacky gruel commander, which mm -hmm. which is honestly nice for me. I wish that they would have made him like Boros or something so that you could like, you know, we could stop shitting on Boros because let's be real. Gruel's got green in it. It doesn't need any help. I'm, I'm liking some some Oscar and the, the cool synergies we've seen from Boros these last couple sets. But yeah, no, I agree. It Wolfgar is an open enough commander, but it doesn't feel as insert deck style as we've seen with other commanders that are just kind of a generic ability that you can build in different ways. This one at least feels like it's pushing you in enough of a direction that you can kind of enjoy building out your own flavor. Mm. It's like, hey, find something that you like to do let me help you just do that more, mm -hmm. which is nice as opposed to this is what you're going to do and you're going to like it. Honestly, right, like so. you could just build a deck themed around like sort of forgotten keywords like melee or stuff like that where, you know, those cards aren't really genuinely that good. But with Wolfgar, they're, they're twice as good. And then you sort of get over the hump where now all of a sudden, not only are they good, they're they're really good. 
combat is the great equalizer, right? Like if your creatures are big enough, it doesn't matter that you're not running Vampiric Tutor and Force of Will because you're just going to kill them. Player removal is the best removal. Remember that, kids. Bingo. Amen. Is that on our is that on our uh, our website as flavor text? That should be. No. All right. Add we'll it to the uh, add, add it to, to the, the Slack. List. Again, if you want to write flavor text for our website, Patreon. I believe it's just patreoncom hexdrinkers. I've said this before. Please cheat the system. Please subscribe for one week at the level where you get to write flavor text, and then if you want, either drop your subscription or like. <laughs> or like bring it down or a level. Don't. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. Check out the perks, but you'll get to write that flavor text and it will be there forever. If you ever want to show your friends, your family, whoever, just, oh, look at this cool flavor text I wrote. You can just say, you know, go to your your search browser of choice, type in hexdrinkers.com. Click refresh a bunch until the random flavor text appears. After you scroll past all the high quality articles you know, videos, and also this podcast that you can find on said, said website. What is that website, Julian? The one that I just literally just said, hexdrinkers.com. Did you say hexdrinkers.com? Oh, I don't listen to you normally. Literally go fuck yourself. But yeah, yeah, you could see your flavor text on there after you consume all the content that we have on there. In addition to that, we also uh, put videos up on YouTube uh, at hexdrinkers, and also we stream on Twitch at the hexdrinkers. <laughs> You can communicate with us uh, by checking us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Hexdrinkers or shooting us an email at Hexdrinkers at Gmail. If you want to re-listen to this podcast or hit up some of our backlog, uh, check us out. We're at basically everywhere you can find podcasts. That's whether that's uh, Anchor.fm, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts or more. If you do go over there and listen, please, uh, you know, drop us a review. Anything helps, but we'd prefer five-star reviews, you know, if we're getting a little picky. If you wanted to give us a Christmas present, like a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be pretty sick. It's August, Julian. We like early Christmas presents. We start we start thinking early. All right, well, don't be an asshole like Eric. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Uh, check out all our content. And uh, if you really like what you're doing, if you really want to show some support, check us out on Patreon. We had a lot of fun doing a group brew. Uh, and we'll be back next week to talk more about magic. This has been Jules for Eric, Oak, and Chev. We're the Hex Shrinkers, and we're signing out.